This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Hey, Village Church. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you. I love this question today, Pastor Michael. If I want to get into the Bible, where do I start? And I think that question, we, we need to talk about a few things about that question. So when you get an, a new believer, what's your typical place to start with them? So depending on their personality, I will send them either to Mark or to John if they're a new believer, because I know that they're going to get good, solid doctrine about Jesus and how he worked in the lives of people in those two gospel yep. accounts. So the person asked uh, about getting into the Bible, and yeah. that's, I mean, that's a relative term. If I'm going to really, I'm going to get into playing into, guitar, yeah. you know, like I, that's very different than I'm going to play around with it. Right. So when a person is is new, it totally it totally depends on the human. On I like that human instead of person. Yeah, <laughs> it totally depends on the human. Uh, depends on their maturity, their right. personality, their background. Yeah, um, and that, yeah. that's a key piece. There is where are they coming from spiritually? Did they come from a mainline denominational church? Yeah, you know, that changes did, everything. Yeah, actually, I'm going to send them to a different place if they come from. I'll give no, them Ephesians if they're some, from some liberal mainline denomination. Exactly. You know? But if they come from no Christian background, no Christian heritage whatsoever, I'm going to take them to a different place and I'm going to encourage them. Yep. Maybe they're going through a, a specific challenge in life and I'm going to send them to another section of scripture because I know that's going to speak into their life where they're at now. Yeah, so the Bible is just not a normal book. I think that's what people need to understand. It's right. 66 books in one collection and written uh, – every book is written from a different perspective to a different audience for, for a, different a different reason. Yeah. And the way I like to think about Bible intro books is what is going to grab or hook the person. Yeah. So if I've got like an ADD person, I'm going to I'm gonna give them a really short book. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. if, if I've got an intellectual who doesn't know anything about the Bible, I might go to the book of John. If I have somebody who has maybe some kind of religious background, I might go to the book of Mark. Yeah. I might even give subcategories. Like if, if I find somebody who is really, really – um, new to Jesus in the Bible, I might have them read Matthew one through seven, yeah. an introduction to Jesus. Uh, maybe skip the genealogy, actually, but go through the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. Um, I might actually bring them to the very end of the story um, in Matthew or John. Maybe they're dealing with just what is Jesus and his death and resurrection, and mm-hmm. maybe that's where they need to go. And and this is this is where Christians want a script. Yeah. And what I want to look back at every Christian and say is, pray about it. Yeah. Listen, mm-hmm. see where they're at, hear their background. And you might you might say, um, I'm not equipped to know who wrote the books and what they're there for. And so your default, which is conventional wisdom, and it's not a bad answer, is the book of John. Yeah, and, and that's not bad. That's not bad. You're not going to hurt anybody no. by any stretch of the imagination. If you send them to the book of Hebrews, likely you're going to confuse the yeah. junk out of them, and that would probably not that's do that. Deep. Um, so I think about uh, blue-collar men, particularly. Mm-hmm. Blue-collar men love Proverbs. Yeah. Love it. So, so because it's so even. practical yep. to life. And the Psalms speak about praising God in almost every circumstance of life that we have. You get a guy and he's really emotional and uh, Song of Solomon, Ecclesiastes. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I think about artists and creatives, they love those books. Yeah. And uh, part of the challenge when you go to the Old Testament is that they don't talk about Jesus because it's before he was even sure. born. What I like to do is give them an Old Testament book that would really tap into their emotions right. and then give them a short New Testament book. So I might say to mm-hmm. a really simple blue collar guy who's like, just don't know what to do. I might tell that guy, hey, read one proverb a day 
and read one, uh, we'll say, chapter in a gospel each yeah, day. Yeah, right. That'd and be great give balance. them a 31-day challenge. When they get to the end of that gospel, tell them to go back to their favorite chapter and read that for yeah. whatever. You know, So there are basic things that you can do with people like that. If I get intellectuals, uh, depending on how smart they are, if they're really want to learn about doctrine, uh, I'll take them to Ephesians. And uh, if they're really smart, I'll even mm-hmm. they got some discipline, I'll take them to Romans. Yeah. Um, if they really are just wrestling with the nature of Jesus, I'll take them to Colossians. Yeah. And but I'll, So let me just tell you this. So two guys uh, I worked with, they were not Christians. They did not have an extensive evangelical background. And both of them came to Christ through studying Wayne Grudem's systematic <laughs> theology. I'm you not kidding. It What's crazy like is I, I know a few people that did the same thing. It, it is. A, and it, you would think, wow, yeah. you, you started with that, a, yep. a systematic theology? Yep. And, and let's be straight. Most systeos are boring yeah. and laid out really in a, in a frustrating way. And what Wayne Grudem does, which is fundamentally different, is he lays out these subject matters in a way that is so interesting to read. Yeah. And, our, and our audience is probably going to be like, what is a systematic theology? <laughs> Tell them. I'm going to make it as simple as humanly possible. Basically, what a systematic theology does is an author takes a whole bunch of categories, ideas, theological topics. Right. So, for example, the resurrection of Jesus, angels and demons, mm-hmm. eternal life, yeah. uh, salvation. Takes these ideas. And what they do is they put they they bring in in one chapter all the relevant scriptures on that idea. Right. And then they give the different interpretations, the major historical interpretations and understandings yep. how different Christians have seen that. And typically in a systematic theology they'll give you their opinion. Mm-hmm. So you've got a you got the topics, all the relevant verses on that topic, you have all the interpretations of that of that position and then finally they take a, a position usually at the end. Wayne Grudem just has a way of making it so accessible for the common man as well it, as, an the, easy read. as the theologian. And it's an easy read. It, so don't get me wrong, it's over a thousand pages. You oh yeah, yeah. You don't read you, it. You don't read the whole thing in one, one yeah. sitting. No, no, no. Yeah. So what we did is one of the guys uh, was a Jehovah's Witness and uh, we pulled out sections on the Trinity and the nature of God because that's where the Jehovah's Witness struggled. Sure, yeah. That's um, where they struggled. The other guy, um, really, we just started in chapter one and we just kept going. And by chapter like six or seven, he trusted in Christ. It was that mm. straightforward. Wow. And uh, you might think, Michael, that's really weird to take people through that. But what happened is they had all these questions and systematic theology just brings all of the relevant scriptures and it allows you to get a global perspective on what the Bible says about a particular subject. Awesome. So helpful. So there are some guys who I'll I'll look at them and say, hey, I want you to just read anywhere in the New Testament, one chapter a day, one book at a time. But hey, each week, let's make sure we get through one chapter in systematic theology. Yeah. And uh, there's no rhyme or reason to how different people work. Mm -hmm. But here's what I would say. Pray about it. If you point them to scriptures, you're not doing them any harm. Right. (laughs) And if they come back to you and say, I was bored out of my mind. Well, then give them another idea or call us up and say, hey, I got this, this, this girl. She, she's a brand new Christian. Where do, mm-hmm. I, where do I send her to? But uh, I think getting them into the text, and that's what I love about systematic theology, yep. is that it's not just like a book about an idea. It's a book about the Bible. That's it's, right. It's whole goal is to help you understand the Bible. But yeah, I would just – I would point people and say, get to know the person. Um, don't worry about making a mistake. Mm-hmm. You won't do any harm. If you point them to – like the Quran, then I would say you have some issues. (laughs) Um, That would be a problem. But this is a really cool question. It's a great opportunity. And 
my challenge would be if this person wants to, quote, get into the Bible, don't be a surface Christian. Right. Get into it. Get really into it. Understand how it's laid out. Mm -hmm. Listen to our podcast. It will help you understand some of these issues. Uh, Get mentored by somebody who understands it. There's a few simple books that lay out the big picture of the Bible. It will do nothing but change your life for the better. Absolutely. That's what the Bible does is change your life. Listeners, we hope this has been helpful. Please come back next time when we answer the question, what does it mean to suffer in the flesh according to 1 Peter 4.1? Join us next time. Thank you.